feel stuck? Tired of wrestling with shame, insecurity, and hiding your flaws? Friend, I've been there, and it's time to come out of hiding because God wants to meet you in the middle of your big hot mess. I'm Kimberly Stokes, and I'm on mission to help real women, just like you, get unstuck, meet Jesus in all the ordinary moments, and live in increased intimacy with God. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do far more than you could ever imagine. This is the Imagine More podcast, and it's time for today's show. Hello, beautiful friend. I'm super excited that you joined me for today's episode, Fully Exposed Before Jesus. Why am I so excited, you may ask? It's because this is such a practical and life-changing episode because shame can speak such a powerful narrative over our lives. We've all experienced shame in one degree or another, and I really believe that God is going to speak to you during today's show and begin to expose and eradicate the power that shame has held over you. We're going to touch on a variety of areas that speak a shame narrative over our lives. It could be an overall sense or feeling that you're not good enough or that you just don't measure up. It could be from some sort of wounding or trauma or sexual abuse from your childhood. It might be a sin from your past, promiscuity in high school or college. Maybe you had a history of drugs, alcohol, struggled with pornography. Or it could just be shaming or a hurtful message that you received from your parents growing up. We all have different areas where shame has manifested and seeks to speak a narrative in our lives. For me, some of the areas I struggled with shame was when I struggled with an eating disorder. There were loads of shame that I dealt with with that. I've come to realize that the role that perfectionism and overachieving held in my life actually hid my shame. It was like a way to subconsciously overcompensate this hidden or low level of shame. When I struggled with porn, it was super shameful and embarrassing, and After I was set free from anorexia many years later, I had shame and self-hatred over being so skinny. I know that sounds stupid to you, but it was real and it was super intense at times, the shame and the self-hatred I had related to my body image. So your shame may be completely different than mine, but shame is shame and God wants us to shed our shame. I want to encourage you that he's completely set me free from shame in those areas. And he wants to do the same thing for you, my friend. Sometimes we carry shame because we feel misunderstood by others. It could have been our parents or brother or sister, a leader, someone in authority in our lives. But you know, Jesus gets it. He was really misunderstood by the Jews and even his family at times. And in John 7, 28 and 29, he said, You think you know me and where I'm from, but that's not where I'm from. My true origin is in the one who sent me. So God had a bigger story for Jesus. And God has a bigger story for you and for me. And in fact, the Father invites us in our individual unique lives into his story for his glory. Jesus didn't allow his family's opinions or the religious leaders of the day or anyone's opinion to define him. He only let the opinion of his father define him, the steadfast love of his perfect father. Jesus constantly and confidently lived from his connection with his father. 
And honestly, there's really great news because we can do the same thing. I really believe that intimacy with God is the key to unlock prison doors of fear and shame in our lives. I think sin and shame tend to naturally bring a fear of exposure that causes us to hide, to hide our sin or cover up our shame, pretend that we're okay. But hiding and fear of exposure really go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Think about it. After Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They hid, right? And in Genesis 3, Adam answered and he said to God, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. The same thing is true for us. Fear of rejection, not wanting our sin to be exposed, our woundedness or our secrets to come out, causes us many times to hide from God, from ourselves, and from others. But friend, I have found that being fully exposed before Jesus is the absolute greatest place to be. It's the absolute greatest place to live, fully exposed before Jesus. So today I want you to hear there's an invitation from God to be fully exposed with no secrets. There's an invitation to complete honesty and transparency. He wants us to come out of hiding and encounter Jesus. There's an invitation to increased freedom. There is an invitation today to obliterate shame in your life and in my life. When I think about a narrative of shame, shame, I think about the woman caught in adultery in the Bible, which is found in John chapter 8. And her sin of having sex with this guy was publicly exposed before the entire city. And it was so scandalous in that time. Imagine what that was like for her to be shamed for all the city to see. Today, we're going to look at her story a little bit and see how it applies to the narrative of shame in our own lives. So in that story, the characters in that story were the people in the town, specifically the religious leaders, Jesus, and then the woman who was caught in adultery. So the townspeople, the religious leaders, you know, they judged her because of her sin. They looked down upon her and they brought her to Jesus, wanting her to be exposed But when Jesus framed those words, whoever's without sin cast the first stone, the religious leaders simply one by one walked away. Because in condemning her, they would be condemning themselves. We really need to be careful not to heap shame on others. Whoever is without sin, let him cast the first stone. The other character in the story is Jesus. Jesus, he's the only one who could have thrown a stone at this woman. But he didn't. Jesus' response was incredible love, this unlimited amount of grace, vast forgiveness. Then he gave her this he a call. It was like a call to a lifestyle of holiness, but it was without condemnation. And that's how God convicts us of sin, specifically, lovingly. He offers us the forgiveness, and then he calls us into greater holiness. But imagine the depth of her shame of being not only exposed before Jesus, before the entire city. And back then, it was such a bigger deal than it is now. Like, we need to get in our Jewish frame of mind to understand the depth of it. So she was caught having sex with a man that wasn't her husband. And in that time period, a Jewish woman had no rights. And the Jews were still living under the old covenant of law. And in Leviticus 20.10, it, it, it tells us that the Jewish law required capital punishment 
for adultery. I mean, like, that seems so harsh to us today, right? But that was the reality of the Jewish law at the time. So according to the Jewish law, this woman was guilty and deserved death. But, but she encountered Jesus that day, and he didn't stone her. And really, I think that her story, it's also our story. This story is an example of how to deal with our own sin and shame when we're guilty as charged. And Jesus offered her, and he offers us, complete forgiveness, right? No matter what we did or what was done to us, he offers complete restoration to our hearts and our lives. The other character in the story was the woman. You know, this was probably the worst, most humiliating, shame-filled day of her life. But she met Jesus. And when she met Jesus, she encountered the reality of the gospel, the reality of the grace of God. And this was before Jesus had even given his life for her sin. But she encountered the gospel and the grace of Jesus as he freely offered her this undeserved forgiveness. I like to imagine the love in Jesus' eyes as he looked at her. Here she was, guilty as charged. And according to Old Testament law, deserved to die, deserved to be stoned to death. But Jesus loved her and he spoke a better word over her life. He didn't condemn her for being such a slutty sinner. He simply forgave her. When this woman least deserved it, Jesus lovingly met her with compassion and mercy. And that's our Savior. He's so incredibly loving. That's the nature of our God. But what I want us to think on, what if two days later, two weeks later, maybe two months later, instead of focusing on the narrative that Jesus spoke over her that day and the forgiveness and the grace that he gave her, what if she began to listen to the narrative of the enemy over her life? What if she began to focus on the way the religious leaders and the people in town looked at her when she went to the market? Instead of focusing on the grace and the reality of the forgiveness Jesus gave her, what if she suddenly began to listen to the enemy's narrative of shame over her life? You know, the enemy's native language is lies. And he speaks these lies, but he sprinkles in tiny little bits of truth, including some facts from our past that he enjoys reminding us of. What if she began picking up the very stones that Jesus refused to pick up? What if her internal narrative went something like this? When the enemy reminded her of her sin and her shame when she maybe was out amongst the town people or when she went to go get water at the well and she felt embarrassed. What if her narrative, what if she began to say this to herself? I'm a piece of crap. Jesus didn't really forgive me. I can tell the rabbis are still angry with me. I'm so stupid. I wasted my life on that man and now I'm all alone and no one loves me. They all see me as a town slut. Well, that's about right. I never was good enough. If she began to listen to the narrative of the enemy, even after encountering Jesus, it's like she'd be stoning herself with lies and condemnation and self-hatred and heaping shame upon herself, right? If she did that, would it nullify her forgiveness that she received from Jesus? No, absolutely not. But would she be walking in the fullness that Jesus wanted her to walk in? Absolutely not. 
Friend, how many times do you listen to the lies of the enemy, sprinkled with those tiny shreds of truth, and begin to stone yourself, piling shame and condemnation on yourself? Maybe you had an abortion. Maybe you you stand guilty as charged, riddled with shame. You don't want to be exposed. But Jesus offers you complete forgiveness. Maybe you still, you know, carry shame from being sexually active in high school or college and you're riddled with guilt. Maybe you had an affair. Maybe you struggle with depression or anxiety and feel shame about that. Or maybe you just struggle with an overall shame identity, feeling like you're never really good enough or smart enough that you don't measure up. Jesus didn't stone the woman who was caught in adultery and he doesn't stone you. If Jesus doesn't throw a stone at you, why do you keep stoning yourself via accusation? The shame from your past, sexual sins, failures, why are you shaming yourself? Jesus paid the debt for all of my sin and all of my shame. And he also paid the debt for all of your sin and shame. But most of us live with this fear of being exposed. Shame from our abuse, shame from past sin, failed marriage, whatever it is, it's such a trap of the enemy. And the enemy wants you and me to be stuck in shame. He wants us to live with that fear of being exposed. But let me tell you, shame shuts down intimacy with God. Shame shut down, shuts down intimacy with your husband. And shame shuts down intimacy with your friends. Drawing near to God is such a key to unlock the prison of shame because Jesus brings freedom. If you're walking in shame, I just want to tell you, I think you've been duped by the enemy. Stop letting the enemy's narrative trip you up. Friend, whose voice are you listening to? God's voice? The voice of yourself, of condemnation, of old messages you received when you were a kid? Maybe the voice of the enemy. Please remember, the narrative of the enemy over our lives, it consists of lies with tiny little sprinkles of truth and reminders of your past sin, some facts from your past. But the narrative of Jesus over our lives obliterates and destroys our past. In Christ, we are loved, we are forgiven, and we are free. For me personally, as I lived fully exposed before God and encountered Him in all the areas of my shame, His healing presence eventually released me from the fear of exposure. I'm free from my sin. It doesn't define me anymore. I'm free from all the mistakes of my past. They don't define me anymore. I had so much shame when I struggled with pornography, but when God set me free, I no longer lived with a fear of being exposed because he forgave me completely. Living fully exposed before Jesus is the absolute best place to be. And as we come out of hiding, God can use our our past. He can use our struggles with sin. He can use our issues with with shame to powerfully minister to others. God has used my own struggles to minister to many people and to actually be a catalyst of freedom and healing in their lives. God wants to use your past struggles and even your struggle with shame to be a catalyst for healing and freedom in someone else's life. 
There is so much beauty in getting free of shame. You know, when the devil reminds us of our past, we can say, is that all you've got on me, devil? Because Jesus has fully taken care of every bit of sin and shame from my past. I have two friends that as I got to know them, I'd known them for years before they ever told me their testimonies. And when they did, they had such powerful testimonies. But they'd never shared their stories publicly because they were riddled with shame from their past. And I had the honor of, actually when both of them ended up sharing their stories publicly, I was there, and it was beautiful to see God move in a public setting and touch so many women as they shared their journey and their struggles from their past. One was when one of them, something happened when she was a girl, and the other one was kind of her high school and college years. There was just a lot of mistakes and rebellion and then shame from all the things that came through in her life. But People can relate to our mess-ups. People can relate to our sin. They can relate to our shame. And God wants to turn our shame into a powerful tool and a catalyst for healing in the hearts and lives of other people. We have to be willing to be vulnerable and exposed, first of all, just before Him, before He'll ever use that to minister to others. Remember, being fully exposed before Jesus is the very greatest place to be. Oh, there's another, there's another area I want to touch on. And there is so much shame that tends to be associated with sexual abuse. And one thing I want to re- discuss in regards to this is I've encountered it so many times in counseling situations with women who were sexually abused. They tend to condemn dim or like stone themselves because they felt pleasure at times when they were being abused by perhaps a stepfather or a brother and it has triggered so much confusion shame and guilt and what I've seen is that she tends to blame herself well I must have deserved that I must have wanted it and then get stuck in shame but it's very confusing because at times if the person was being gentle what they did sexually felt good and brought pleasure I want you to listen friend the reason if you were abused and felt some pleasure at times the reason you felt that pleasure was because God designed sexual touches to bring pleasure think about it this is an example if you go to a doctor for your yearly physical exam and the doctor gets out his little hammer and he whacks your knee to check your reflexes your knee is going to respond right You would never feel ashamed that your knee responded, that you had this natural reflex that responded to him whacking your knee. You'd never apologize and be like, oh my gosh, doctor, I'm so sorry my knee did that, right? I'm sorry my leg bounced up and, you know, after you hit me with the hammer. It's no different than sexual touch. Your body simply responded in the way God designed your body to respond. It was not God's will for you to be sexually abused. But it's not God's will either for you to stone yourself that you felt some sexual pleasure at times due to the touches or what was happening. There's no area of sin or mistake that he wants you to walk in shame over. 
If you have struggled with that in regards to sexual abuse, I want you to know that is not your fault that you felt pleasure. God designed sexual touch. You need to accept it. You weren't asking for it. And it was not his will for you to be abused. It's time to break free from shame. It's time to receive the full freedom that Jesus paid for on the cross. It's time to forgive yourself for your past, your mistakes, anything that you've done that you shame yourself over. It's time to forgive others. It's time to put down the stones and to receive the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ. It's time to live fully exposed, vulnerable and transparent before Jesus. Remember the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. When she least deserved it, Jesus lovingly met her with compassion and mercy. And when the enemy comes and reminds you of a sinful past, I want you to remember the compassion of Jesus and simply invite him to meet you in the middle of your shame, in the middle of your thoughts, in the middle of the putrid lies of the enemy. And when the enemy reminds you that you're just not enough, which is a lie, Remember the compassion of Jesus and invite him into your thoughts. Simply ask, Jesus, what is the truth? What do you say, Jesus, about me? As we draw near to God's heart with our real life issues, our identity is established. As we meet him in that place and receive the love and the affection of the fathers. You know, sons and daughters don't have to prove their worth. The, he just, God is our Father. He bestows this infinite value on us because we are a much-loved daughter of the King. He's such a good Father, and He loves us all the time, even when we least deserve it. When we find our identity in Christ, we begin, God begins to birth courage in our hearts. It's like this courage to be uniquely me. It's a courage he's going to birth in your heart to be uniquely you. When we begin to find our identity in Christ, we also find that comparison has no hold and no power over us any longer. We're not constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else. And when we find our identity in Christ, we begin to truly celebrate the strengths of others because their strengths don't threaten us. We can celebrate their giftings in areas where we're weak or where we don't even have a gifting. We can celebrate others. Friend, it's time to shed your shame. It's time to put down the stones. Who are you to stone yourself? Jesus died to set you free. I encourage you to just repent for listening to the lies of the enemy and practice receiving the love, the grace, and the forgiveness of Christ. I believe that shedding your shame is a relational process with Jesus. So engage him and invite him into the process. If shame is part of your kind of identity and you have a shame identity, it's going to take time. So give yourself grace, but invite Jesus into that process. As you engage him and receive from him his love and his forgiveness, you're going to begin to release his crazy, unconditional, radical love and mercy to your husband, to your co-workers, to your children, to your friends or extended family. In closing, I have some homework for you. So I want you to think about where does shame trip you up? Is there a certain area in your life? It could be a sin from your past or hurtful messages you received from your mom or dad growing up. 
It could just be that overarching sense that you're never really good enough. But I want you to name and identify the area that shame operates in your life. And then number two, begin to diligently listen to the voice of your father in that area, not the shaming thoughts of the enemy. So in that, like, identify the lies. What do you hear? What does the enemy tell you? And then listen for God's truth. Then start living from and agreeing with what God says about you. He's so much smarter than you are. He's so much smarter than I am. You know, it may feel what God says to you when you slow down and begin to listen and say, Father, will you speak into this? This is a lie that I hear, but what's your truth? What he says, it may feel too good to be true. But that's what his grace is like. Get rid of the stone, sister. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are needed and you are valuable. Have you struggled with shaming yourself? I just want to encourage you right now. I want you to hold in your hand like an imaginary stone. It's time to let go of that stone. And if you're driving, just like, yeah, just keep both hands on the wheel. But you can imagine, you know, okay, imagine you're holding that stone in your hand. And then I want you to, this is a stone that Jesus didn't throw at me, but I keep hurling at myself in shame. I want you to throw that thing. Get rid of it. Chunk it to the ground as a resolute declaration. I'm done agreeing with the narrative of shame over my life. Now I want you to open both of your hands and ask Jesus to partner with you. That you agree with him and his narrative over your life. Tell him you're done throwing stones at yourself and agreeing with the enemy's narrative of shame. Remember that even when you are guilty as charged, you can position your heart honestly before Jesus, confess your sin, and he's going to meet you with his love and forgiveness. When we least deserve it, it's his delight to lavish us with love and forgiveness. Friend, let's embrace the reality that being fully exposed before Jesus is the absolute best, safest, and most wonderful place to be. And we can learn to live in that place. That's when we begin to live in the fullness and freedom that Jesus paid for. I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Facebook or I'm on Instagram as Kimberly K. Stokes. I'm here for you, friend, and I want these podcasts to address the real-life issues that you're struggling with. So let me know what's helpful, and let me know what else you'd like for me to deal with in upcoming episodes. I'd love to hear from you. For now, I'm sending you a hug and lots of love, and I just am challenging you. Let's live with a heart posture that's fully exposed before Jesus. He wants to eradicate shame in our lives. Until next time. I'm glad you joined me for this episode of the Imagine More podcast. Please leave your comments and let me know what you enjoyed about today's show. And check out our blog and online resources at imaginemoreministries.org. We're in the process of developing practical new resources to help real women live in the fullness of Christ. I'm glad we're on the journey together.